This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Really proud of the social media, Twitter world, family, friends of the show for sending your questions. We'll go ahead and get to them now. Jake Lisko, speaking of Locked On Bengals, he said, compared to 2022, Will Jamar Chase have more or less backfield snaps in 2023? <laughs> It'll be about the same, I think, but I'll go more for the excitement. He missed time more because I'm going to project him to be healthy. <laughs> I don't know about you. And look, I know I shouldn't buy into the Instagram videos and workouts because that's what we're going to see right now before everybody's in the best shape of their lives in a couple weeks. But Jamar Chase has been, he's been on the track. He's been working out like no other. And he looks bigger. And he was already pretty stocky. So I don't know. I don't know what that means for him as a wide receiver, but he's inching towards wide receiver number one for me right now. I've said it for a couple months now. I know Justin Jefferson and credit to him. He can be right up there and he could be number one for a lot of people. But Jamar Chase, I feel like it's going to be an exciting season. Hopefully all the health in the world for him and gets a full season in. We will continue with Adam Wheels. If Jonah Williams performs better than 2021, what is his worth in terms of his next contract? Would you sign him for that amount? Would and should the Bengals? Uh, Well, if he plays better, he's probably going to be looked at as a right tackle. I think it's tough because my first thought was like, maybe just go with like the Mike McGlinchey contract. But then I'm also like, I think Mike McGlinchey got paid a little bit too much. (laughs) Um, So... I'm going to real quick look up the Spotrack for all right tackles because it's less than left tackle still, even in this day and age when it's not as important. Um, Unless you're the Kansas State Chiefs. (laughs) Well, they thought they're getting a left tackle. (laughs) And then he came to camp and he passed set from the left side. And they're like, hold on, guys. (laughs) Yep. Um, Let's see. Okay. So he's definitely not making Lane Johnson. Oh my goodness. John Taylor makes $100,000 less than Lane Johnson per year. That's insane to me. Going to be my offensive line. Mike McGlinchey's making $17.5 million a year. That's that's too much, I think, for what I'm looking for here. Uh, Could he get... My guess would be like somewhere between Caleb McGarry and Jack Conklin, which would put him at the eighth highest paid right tackle. This is considering... He plays pretty good. Um, yeah, I, that'd be 11 and a half to 15 million. So let's call it 13 million a year, four years, something like that. That's 40, 52. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just feel like, and look, 
Jonah Williams has been a professional since he returned to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I don't really think he did anything wrong when everything kind of went down uh, when it comes to the conversations, all the trade conversation, the demand 48 hours after Orlando Brown signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. He came here and he's like, I'm ready to compete. And, and I love everything about that. I just personally feel it's going to be great for Jonah Williams and the Cincinnati Bengals. If Jonah Williams has a 2021 year, that's great. That is amazing. That's good for him because he's going to get a bag. I just don't think it's going to be in Cincinnati. I agree. I, I probably wouldn't even, I don't think I'd sign him to the contract either just because it's too much money mixed up there in the offensive line, in the tackle room specifically. Uh, but so the scenario I have in mind, and this is like a 1% scenario, maybe less, of how Jonah Williams is a Bengal next year is he doesn't just play better, but he plays lights out, right? Like dominant right tackle. Maybe not even dominant, but like maybe pro bullish the right tackle level, no. which is, yeah, I, no, already, already. You're probably already yelling like this is beyond a 1% scenario, but <laughs> the other half of it Thank is- for Joe Burrow. Right. Logan Wilson is signed. T. Higgins is signed. So you've got your two pieces that need signed. Do you just kind of throw the franchise tag out if he plays that well? <laughs> just like, let's run it back. Well, I'm going to make it really complicating right now because I just had that memory that this could be the last year of DJ Reader and play the sad music right now because it makes me sad thinking about it. What do you do about DJ Reader? Yeah. Um, I think he would get the average of the top five defensive tackles. They don't split that up with nose tackle, um, which I would still probably pay. I don't know how much it is. I think DJ Reader, I think I've talked about it. He's probably going to come in 18 million a year. I don't think he's going to do the, I don't think he's going to get to the Dexter Lawrence and Quinn and Williams money just because those guys are better pass rushers. And that's what really gets paid. Even though I think Reader might be the best defensive, you know, run stopping nose tackle in the league. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping they're looking at a two to three year deal with them. That's what I would look for. If you want a franchise to let's throw out the scenario. Jonah Williams does not play like a pro bowl, right? Tackle. <laughs> they're yeah, letting, Sorry, Jonah. They're, they're letting him go. That was just my scenario for how he is a Bengal next year is just like, if he plays that well and you have everybody signed up, like sure. Throw, throw the franchise tag at him. And let's just run it back a year. Uh, when it comes to reader, which is this is a, not even a question, just different topics. I'm sorry, I had to throw it in because I'm thinking but, about it today. But I get it. Uh, I think with reader, it would be he could get the franchise tag if he continues his level of play. I think that would be one where you're going to want to not have something that's going to take up your cap for this year coming up because it's just a ton of cap this year and then nothing. Obviously, I. I just like that two to three year, $18 million type deal and just keep the, what has been the centerpiece of your defense. Keep that there for the next couple of years because he's a nose tackle. He doesn't rely a ton on athleticism or something that would degrade really quickly over time, have a way to get out in year three, year four. I think, I mean, if you want to have his years, 28, 29, 30, 31 season as a Bengal, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. I, I just don't think nose tackle falls off until you get into like 32, 33, 34. Uh, but do I think the Bengals will do that? No. I don't either. And it makes me really sad. And also when you bring up franchise tag, I think if they don't get a deal done with T Higgins, they're going to franchise tag. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big one is they're going to tag T if they 
if the, that that's why part of the Jonah Williams scenario was T and Wilson are signed to long term deals. Yeah, you're because like, otherwise, otherwise you're looking at a different tag there. It sounds like great problems, and I hope that is something that the Bengals have to worry about. Um, maybe it's towards the end of the season. And honestly, I've said it before: we're getting close to training camp, and I felt like the Joe Burrow extension will be done the first or second week of training camp, and we are getting very close to see if that gets done. And I do feel like it will be before the season, but stay tuned for that. All the contract extension stuff. David Speakman says, "What's the plan for third and short this year?" I mean. Based off last year, quarterback sneaks. <laughs> Second and short, third and short. We, we know what's coming. No. Um, yeah, I, Mixon's going to be your short yardage back. I don't think any of the other guys have the power to do it. If you bring in a Zeke, that's probably your short yardage back. I think he's still really good at that. He almost has fullback qualities at this point in his career where short yardage, pass protection, blocking, like all great. Running, eh. You know, fine. <laughs> um, but so right now, Mixon, just going by the roster, he's your short yardage back. I think I'd have to look into the Bengals short yardage play in last year. It felt like early on, it was a lot of let's just keep pounding Mixon right into the offensive line and try to pick up that yard. Uh, but I felt like it changed a little bit when they went so gun heavy. What I would like to see is this is where I think I would like to see when people keep talking about all the RPOs and stuff, this I think would be a scenario you might want to do that just because short yardage, the defense will trigger harder on those run fakes. So maybe you get a guy in space, like a Jamar chase in space, or it could even be Irv in space, just somebody in space because the defense crashed like that. Um, Play action is also really useful third and short. If you're confident that you can go out there on fourth down and pick it up, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to see a better third third and short short yardage package besides the quarterback sneak. I just – to me, it's such a wasted opportunity be, to be quarterback sneaking on second and short and even really third and short unless it's – unless you're in, like, the red zone or you're backed up. I think those both are fine to do a quarterback sneak on, like, third and one type scenarios. But, yeah, I don't know. Run fakes and the run game also being a little bit – better is what I would look for. What any other thoughts with short yardage? Yeah, I don't I don't want any quarterback sneaks. I I don't I don't I don't need any of that. They did so many on like second and one. That's such a scenario to just throw up the deep ball to one of your all star wide receivers and instead it's it's quarterback sneak time. No, absolutely I don't want any jet sweeps. That's where I don't want the jet sweep. I know I get the idea of it. I but that Carlos Dunlap tackle <laughs> in the north in the uh, regular season matchup yeah. with the Chiefs that just lives in my head. Like yeah, you usually leave that guy on block. Like I, I, I understand how it happened. I understand the thought process. You here. knew it's exactly like, what was about to happen. I yep. yeah, no more, no more. Uh, made me a little nervous. So yeah, I love your game plan. That works out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, Eric says, what do you think the Bengals can do with the new offensive line makeup as far as developing 
the cohesion between the passing and the run game. Will they still be a run, uh, be a gun running team, or will they have uh, play action really be, be a bigger part? They're going to be gun running. They're going to be a gun heavy team. What I think that they've been doing, and I mean, it could be confirmation bias because this is what I thought they should have been doing this offseason, is trying to find a way to make their shotgun play action game more viable. I don't think you play action in the run game is always going to be better when you go under center, but that's in theory. Joe Burrow has not been better every time he's gone under center for that play action stuff. And the offensive line, really, they've done they've done a better job. And Joe Mix has done they've been more efficient when they've been running from the gun. So I think that would be I think you're still gonna look at very gun heavy offense. I just think they're gonna try different ways to make their play action from the gun more explosive, a bigger way to attack defenses. All right, we'll move on to one more in the segment. Serge says, guess for the, this is a three-parter, so remember everything I'm about to tell you. Guess for the year's cash and cap hit for Mixon's restructured contract. Chances Collins still gets cut. Sports track shows that we can save 7.7 7 on the 2023 cap with only 1.7 in dead cap in 2024 and 2025. I'm quite certain the new safety combo will cost us one game. Thoughts? I don't know about cost a game. There's more. They, they'll probably have a, I don't want to start with the third part, but we're going to start the third yep. part. <laughs> I don't think they'll cost a game. At least I don't want to say that. Like it could happen, but anytime you lose a game, it's never just because of one duo or one guy or anything like that. Just like that AFC championship game. Yes, you could blame Joseph Osai. They're not in that position without him. Because of the pressure he was able to bring, one of the only defensive linemen to bring pressure. So let's say a safety duo has a miscommunication. They give up a long touchdown in the fourth quarter. And you just look like, hey, that we should have been ahead more. We should have it shouldn't have been up in the air for that play. Uh, but I do get the concern because I think there I think early on you're gonna see a couple miscommunications that are just gonna be like, ugh. You haven't seen that in years for the Bengals because of Bates and Bell. Um, the second part, what are the chances Collins gets cut? I personally, I don't think they're that likely just because I don't know what they're going to do with the money other than re-sign guys. And then the last one was Mixon restructured contract. Yeah. Do you, do you still think he gets restructured? I do. I do. And okay. maybe this is more behind the scenes and we won't, you know, see the, all the details of what the restructure looks like. But I do think that it'll be restructured. And I kind of think, um, you know, the connection with Lyle Collins, I, I don't think he's getting cut. I think if they feel very confident, I know he's in Cincinnati working out right now. Um, and that's absolutely huge. I don't see him starting the season or taking over Jonah Williams job when it comes to the right tackle position, but I think it's very smart of the Cincinnati Bengals to just keep him on the roster. Um, you'll have that offensive line depth and it gives Lyle Collins time to rehab and feel good to go when they do bring him up and he's on the active roster for the offensive line depth. Uh, we'll see what it looks like. And then for Joe Mixon, yeah, I think, I think you have to, and I, and I hate that being the topic of conversation because I've said plenty of times on the podcast, I am over the Joe Mixon talk. He's going to be the RB1 this year. And um, that's totally fine. I hope he has a great year. But for me personally, I think that there is that conversation behind the scenes. And yeah, the Bengals are, are really, um, you know, they're pretty good at saying, hey, this is what we said we were going to pay you. This is what you're going to get out of your contract. But I just I feel like there's a little restructure going on with that. 
Yeah, I don't think he's going to get more years. I don't think this is a restructure as in you're going to spread the money out and keep him for three more years or something. It would literally be a pay cut is what they're talking about. And my guess is getting him down to something that feels more manageable, whether that's $10 million, $8 million, something like that. Um, I still think this happens in conjunction with a move, which could be an extension, just like it, we could use the wiggle room here now because Burrow's making more money this year or Higgins is making more money this year. So we're going to cut you down so we can keep our guys. The one point against Lyle Collins is that $7 million, a little bit wild. That's the 12th highest paid right tackle by uh, in the in the league. That's wild to me. Yeah, uh, so it's right in between George Fant and Trent Brown, um, which those two are, are starters. Yeah, I, think. I, I think just George think you, you can't go wrong when you look at you look at the Super Bowl from 2021 season and you look at last year, how the season ended. And I feel like you are an offensive line piece away, a healthy offensive line piece away from winning at least one Lombardi right now. Mm-hmm. And that is I'm, absolutely huge. I, and I'm with you. And I don't think there's a move that you're going to make in free agency at this point. You're so healthy with the cap. You have all this cap space. There's no real point in the owner saving money by cutting a guy. because All these guys are talented. No point in getting that guy out of here just to get him out of here. You have to have a plan with the money. And that could just be extensions. But I just I think you have to have a plan with any of these moves that are just making more money. Now, if you would have asked at the start of March before all this free agency stuff happened, then all these things would have made sense. But yeah. when you're at this point, you're kind of at like, well, I mean, Dalton Rister is not going to make a lot of money if you really want to sign him. <laughs> he's yeah. he's in free agency still because teams aren't interested or whoever else you're thinking of. I mean, I, I'm still looking at Melvin Ingram, even though I think that dream's gone because they, they drafted an edge rusher in the first round. But just some, maybe an old defensive tackle that you could just bring in for a year, a tiny bit of juice. Yeah. I'll make this really quick before we go into our last segment Uh, with Joe Mixon, when it comes to restructure, I can see him um, because I know he has a great relationship with the front office and they're having that conversation. The front office goes, Hey, what about two to $3 million of your contract goes to Joe Burrow or T Higgins Mm -hmm. um, contract. You want to be here. AFC team, you know what this offense is, real big contender, stay here in Cincinnati, still get a nice chunk of change here, more than he would at any other team, um, and still give him his his bag. He deserves it. He's been here for a long time, and, and he's done, uh, you know, really great. I know how last season, you know, worked out for him, but personally, I think this is going to be a good rebound year for him, and maybe those conversations happen, and he says, you know what, we got to get my guy paid. Let's go. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I feel like all that stuff, if it's happening behind the scenes, those conversations are probably happening. I do trust the people and the insiders who are over there covering the team when they do talk about that stuff. So we'll, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks, but we'll get to more of your questions next on it's always game day in Cincinnati.